What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I am your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo Di Montalbano. Fellas, how are we doing? It is championship Saturday. We just watched Washington beat Oregon last night. Ray, one one uh, one spot down. For one, down th- one down, three to go. I'm in a much better mood than I was earlier this week. Uh, Oklahoma State is going to take care of business at 12. Georgia's going to hold the line at four. That's all going to come down to Louisville beating a third-string quarterback. So vibes are vibes are high. Uh, it's going to be a long day, though. That's for nice. sure. I'm nice. just noticing that that is that that's that's the four-leg parlay to to save Ohio State season. That's hilarious. Oh yeah, nothing gets by you, huh? <laughs> I fucking did it. I did not notice that. <laughs> oh my god, that thing is not hitting. I can't wait. All right, fellas, um, while we are on Championship Saturday, we are having our Mach 2.0 for the people. Um, it's draft season. Let's get right to it. The order will be Dean, Ray, and then myself. Dino, you are on the clock here with the Chicago Bears via the Carolina Panthers at number one. Yeah, this is this is going to be a position where for the Chicago Bears, and they're here at number one. Uh, they're going to have most likely another top five, top six, top seven pick. Th- this just needs to be go out and get your guy, whether that be Drake May or Caleb Williams. In this scenario, it's Caleb Williams, uh, almost pretty much the consensus QB1 at, at most places. And for good reason, he's an absolute stud. So y- you get him. Uh, and as GM Ryan Poles have an opportunity to buy himself a few years, which we see these front offices get – you know, juggled and and really fired a lot quicker than we've ever seen in the NFL. So buying yourself some extra time, nothing will do that more than getting you a, you know, a Caleb Williams or a generational talent at, at the quarterback position. So the Chicago Bears take Caleb Williams. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting, too. I, th- I know we've talked about it a bunch about the market for Justin Fields and what that looks like and how many picks they can actually acquire there. I feel like we've kind of settled in on like a second round pick, Ray, right? Kind of agree with that? Yeah, I'd say the um, the Darnold trade package, I think it was a fourth in the current year, second in the future year. That's probably about like the baseline. It could get a little bit more or less depending on what the, uh, I guess, the available pool of quarterbacks to choose from is, you know what I mean? Right. All right, let's move it to pick number two. We've got the Arizona Cardinals making their first pick. Ray, you are on the clock here. Yeah, so this is a tricky one just because I don't think the Cardinals are really going to get much interest in Kyler Murray given that contract. And even if they – they I mean, if they cut him, it's just so much dead money where you kind of have to roll with him for the foreseeable future. So that being said, I think uh, in real life a trade would be heavily considered here. You try to get as much assets as you can by moving down a spot or even a spot or two where you can still get another premium – player outside of the quarterback position but since we're not doing trades here i'm just gonna go with my number one overall player and go uh marvin harrison jr hollywood brown's an impending free agent but even if they bring him back and retain him a, a wide receiver core of marvin harrison jr hollywood brown and then marco wilson on the outside too that gives a really nice solid group of weapons for kyler murray to work with and just that then you have the offensive side of the ball is kind of on its way up and then you can kind of focus all those day two assets or even that second first round pick on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I love this, especially if you're holding on to Kyler. 
can completely revamp your offense with uh, with Marvin Harrison. So really like that, especially with another pick upcoming in the first round. I'm on the clock here at three with the New England Patriots. I got them taking Drake May. Board falls right for them in a in a mock with no trades. I think they would be willing to trade to move up one spot in this scenario to go get their guy. But they need a, a quarterback reset. Mac Jones is not it. Um, Bailey Zappi is also not it. And in a, a new regime, possibly, without Bill Belichick, I think they want to go get their guy. So I got them taking Drake May here at three. Yeah, I mean, can't can't argue that at all. It's just going to be weird to see what happens with this team going forward. It's, it's, it feels at like the end of an era, but who knows? Mac I think Bel- The Mac Jones era? <laughs> no, I was going to say the Bill Belichick era, but uh, <laughs> I, I feel like Belichick has earned the right to go out the way he wants to. So we'll see if it's this year or if he's going to be stubborn and stand pat. He's right. going to be stubborn and stand pat. I don't, I don't understand all these rumors that, that, that have like everyone has basically chalked up as having, you know, high potential, like all these teams that, that are potential trade spots for him to land or, or, or go. I just, I don't see it. Yeah, they're they're going to be getting one of these studs at quarterback, and he's into just like Ray said, he's just I don't know. I just feel like he looks like the most and is the most stubborn person almost ever, and there's no way he would leave New England with a sour taste like this. I just feel like there's no way. I agree that he's extremely stubborn, but I also do feel like he's stubborn in the fact that he doesn't want to go through another rookie quarterback possibly and another like rebuild like. I think he wants he wants to go and win. I guess it's a good it point. is a difficult scenario because he's under contract and a team has to trade picks for him. And mm-hmm. I mean, based on what the Broncos traded for Sean Payton, I would assume it's a similar package where you have to give up first round picks for a head coach. So that is tough. But I do feel mm-hmm. like the uh, and the Broncos the time surging, it's it's bro. run its course in in New England between Kraft and and Belichick. But yeah. here's a real thing: Do you think maybe? Like uh, Kraft and Belichick, there's like a little bit of loyalty there for all he's done that they just say, they just fuck it. We're not even going to trade you. We'll just release you from the contract. Think there's any Maybe. chance of that? Maybe, but if that there are teams. That would be a Kraft move. I, I do agree that that would be maybe the right thing to do for like an organizational like PR purpose. But if there are teams willing to trade picks, you have to do what's best for your team. And if you're going to get first round picks for your head coach, you get first round picks for a fucking coach. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. Um, all right, Dino, you're back on the clock here at four with the Chicago bears. Their second. Yeah. Uh, this is the easiest pick ever. Considering you got your QB one, you have to take, whichever tackle you want honestly i i i tend to think there that are three that are worthy of this spot uh pick your poison i know most people would say olu fashano uh from from penn state but for me my my tackle one is going to be joe alt so so joe alt here to protect that blind side of of your quarterback you you get right tackle in darnell right last year now you got some nice young great bookends potentially uh, i mean darnell wright's coming into his own uh, out of tennessee and when it comes to joe walt i mean has 2200 snaps at the left tackle position and has just been doing it at an elite level for three years he has led up a total of eight hurries and one sack on 800 pass pass rush snaps in the past two years um for me give me the sure thing 
Yeah, Ray. I know Dean said easiest pick of the draft. I just went easiest pick as like position wise. Position yeah. wise, do you think it's offensive tackle if that's the way the board? This I is mean, the, way the board falls. I mean, Chicago has a lot of holes, so I don't I think anything's possible. I think a trade back no would be possible too. Taking... But that being said, I think that's could... wild, Ray. Is it? Let the man finish. What, are they going to take an edge here? They need to protect Caleb. If you take did you, Caleb did you, or Drake May 1, you're taking a tackle 4. There's Dean, no I, shot. I know you're an egomaniac and you only hit listen to yourself, but I said a <laughs> trade back could be possible too. Accumulate more assets and yeah. it, just because there's so many goddamn bowls okay. on this team. So how Fine. about you shut your mouth and uh, let daddy talk, okay? Okay. <laughs> fine, fine. I'll let, I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide. All right, Ray, you're on the clock here at 5 with the Washington Commanders. Easiest pick ever. Uh, we're going to <laughs> this is, gonna this be is actually the easiest pick ever, too. This, so this is going to be Olu Um The commanders are going to be in an interesting spot just with uh, the potential regime change hanging over their heads. Uh, but that being said, Sam Howell is leading the league in passing yards. I'm pretty sure he's got the most interceptions, and he's been sacked the second most times, too. So I feel like, yeah, I've run it back with the rookie quarterback or the third-year quarterback, I said it will be, the young quarterback, I meant. And uh, give him some protect some protection on the blind side. I think Olu will really help show up that offensive line, and then you get a real test to see uh, how Sam Howell is if he's worthy of that second contract or not. Yeah, they're a really weird team because there are some games they look so good, and then there are other games where Sam Howell throws five interceptions and <laughs> they look like shit, and they can't get their offense moving. They, they live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah, kind of respected. Yeah. All right, I'm on the clock here at six with the New York Giants. Kind of a weird spot for me with Caleb Williams, Drake May, and the two tackles just going ahead of me. I'm taking Malik Neighbors here. Um, Obviously would have loved any of those four players. I think they could also go edge here, but um, for me, Neighbors is my wide receiver two right now. They need a big-time playmaker in this wide receiver room. They have supplemental pieces and Jalen Hyatt and Wandale Robinson, but they need an alpha dog in this wide receiver room. I love Malik Neighbors. think he can do a lot in this offense. He can stretch the field, can make those tough intermediate catches, great route runner. Um, I will say, though, Roma Dunze is making a very strong case for wide receiver two on my board, but I still have Neighbors as, as my wide receiver two at this time. So the Giants taking Malik Neighbors from LSU. That dude had a night last night. Rome. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. No Malik he's, Neighbors. He's been awesome this year. Fucking sauce. Or Dean, go shower again. Um, at seven, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dino, you're on the clock. All right. For for, for the Bucks, uh, this is too deep of a fall for the, the best head rusher in the draft. So uh at seven, I'm gonna take La to La to. Uh I think I actually said that correctly, which is fantastic. Yeah. Bucks are 17th in sack percentage, and Shaq Barrett is 31. Bucks have a potential out this upcoming offseason to uh, sa- save some bread. Don't think they end up doing that. Maybe they do a little restructure with him. He's been there for a while, but, you know, he's aging. Uh, they they have trouble getting to the quarterback. It It seems like a great idea putting more youth and talent, just pure talent on this um, on this D line and and rebuild in the trenches and try to uh, make this defense look like how it looked when uh, they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, this is interesting too because I do think they definitely need edge help. This is a position that they have invested a ton in in free agency and through the draft over the past uh-huh. few years. 
Um, so would be curious to see what they do here. Ray, I know this is a team also that we've talked about in the offseason, but they still have a lot of guys from this championship run. They still have a lot of good pieces. Um, so I'm curious to see what they do. They're a really interesting team because they're kind of in this transitional window where you can go the rebuild route or you can keep trying to push your chips in to try to make a playoff run next year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough spot to be in just because I thought they, they were in that spot this year and it just hasn't turned out that way. So right. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of just uh, go for the reset and just really try to rebuild because this is getting – it is aging and Mike Evans is probably their best player and he's going to be gone after this year. Yeah. All right, Ray, you got our New York Jets on the clock here at pick number eight. Yeah, this is easy for me. Uh, I think there's a clear top three tackles in this class. Jets need one of them. So I'm going to go J.C. Latham out of Alabama. Uh, this is a team that's allowed the third most sacks, and they played about 15 guys on the offensive line. So try to get someone in to stabilize those tackle positions. Uh, hopefully you can re-sign Becton, and then you have Becton and J.C. Latham as bookends for a couple of years with uh, Aaron Rodgers and just really help protect him and keep him upright and healthy. No issues for me here. Um, none, none whatsoever. Should, yeah. have been, should, have been, should have been a tackle pick last year as well. Yeah. All right, I'm on the clock here at nine with the L.A. Chargers. I got them taking Johnny Newton. Um, same team as Mach 1.0, but he's eight spots higher in Mach 2.0. Um, I feel like we've said this in a couple episodes, but I feel like he could have such a wide range of outcomes. Um, I also feel like we've been talking about the Chargers taking an interior defensive lineman for the last two years, um, and they haven't done it. So this is a great player to do it with. He's a great run stopper, but there's not a position – there's not a player at his position with more pass rush upside. So I really love his fit on this team. I think you could do a lot of interesting things with him and with Thule, who's played on the interior in college, um, with Bosa and Khalil Mack still there next year. So um, I love this upgrade at interior defensive line for the L.A. Chargers with Johnny Newton. I feel like we've been saying – We've been saying D-tackle for the Chargers for yeah. how many years now? It's crazy. Uh, I mean, since this podcast started. Uh, infinite amount of years. Yeah, no, it's it's actually it's actually ridiculous. Um, but I will say Jimmy Newton is is going to be just a stud. <laughs> you keep and saying Jimmy ball. Newton. It's Johnny Newton. It's Jimmy. I call him Jimmy. Um, you think of Jimmy Neutron? Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Newt. Um, no, I'm telling you right now, Jimmy Newton. I'm not. I'm not trying to tip my hand early, but I think he's just like a guaranteed stud. He, he's too good. He's, my guy. He's, he's probably he's probably my biggest riser from damn Dean Dean Collinger's on Jimmy and then locking him up. Poor guy's career is done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy's gonna be washed tomorrow. Um, okay. All right, Dino, you are uh, you're back on the clock here. Round us out our top ten. You got the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, uh, th- this this draft's been pretty boring so far. So I wanted to fun it up, uh, get a fun pick involved, and 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 it doesn't get funner than. Uh, fun is a word, by the way. It doesn't get more fun than Brock Bowers at 10 to the Titans. Not a Titans pick, but one that would definitely make a ton of sense. You get Will Levis, a premier, premier security blanket, a, a guy who could, in two years from now, be the best tight end in football. No one would blink an eye. Uh, who could block for your run-heavy offense as well. Um, I, I said it. I know Ray's going to make fun of me, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's true. He's a top five pick all day if he didn't get hurt this season. I mean, it's just an incorrect statement, but it's fun. I I know people have been wrong multiple times. Never happened to me personally, but 
<laughs> You're an idiot. Yo, Dean, how's our uh, how's our Titans bet looking? I have no idea. Not good. Horrible. What was it? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah, not fucking good, Sauce. I don't know what to tell you. How many wins do they have? Three? Four. Oh, dude, I'm lit. Oh, yeah, you're, you're looking up. Yeah, well, what what week is it? Week 14? Uh, 13. Oh, my God. I just have to win out. <laughs> I, just need to win, I just need to go four and one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's you can easy. do it. We we'll love this baby. Um, let's let's read out the uh, the top ten, and then we'll keep it moving. Chicago at number one took Caleb Williams. Arizona Cardinals at pick number two took Marvin Harrison Jr. At three, the New England Patriots took quarterback Drake May. At four, the Chicago Bears with the second of their two picks took offensive tackle Joe Alt from Notre Dame. Washington Commanders at five took Olu Fashanu, offensive tackle from Penn State. The New York Giants at six took wide receiver Malik Neighbors. Seven, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took Leatu Latu out of UCLA. At eight, the New York Jets took J.C. Latham, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Nine was the L.A. Chargers taking interior defensive lineman Johnny Newton. And then 10 was the Tennessee Titans taking tight end one Brock Bowers. Uh, Ray, you are back on the clock here at pick 11 with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders are another team that are they're in a transition. We really don't know which way they're going to go here. Uh, but with this pick, I'm going to go with the reset at the quarterback position. I'm going to go QB3 in J.J. McCarthy. Uh, that being said, I do think the Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy conversation is going to get a lot uh, a lot more heated as this, as this offseason rolls around. But I think you go with a younger, a little bit more arm talent uh, type of player who has a little bit more upside. Maybe they can even sit them behind Aiden O'Connell for a year or two and let them develop. So I think that's a smart move and get a high upside quarterback who's on that rookie deal. Yeah, I definitely think um, last night helped Penix a lot. Um, I think he got hit hard a couple times too and played through it. He's been banged up. What do you think last night did for Bo Nix's stock? I mean, I've been on the Bo Nix being a day two quarterback for a while now. I just think that's what he is. I don't think people should try to like push him to be something he's not. I think he's kind of a off platform. I, I think I compared him to Johnny Menzel on steroids a little bit. I think it's just <laughs> his type of player, like play style. He doesn't really have, he's not like a mechanically sound type of player. Yeah. Really yeah. nice deep ball. Yeah. But uh, I think he's more of that backyard style player, which teams do covet more often, but I don't think he's someone that's going to be, that should be forced up boards for no, uh, just out of like desperate desperation. Yeah. He, he loves abandoning mechanics the first chance he gets for sure. I mean, I said it last night while watching the game. It's 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 quite funny. He gets he gets rushed once, and then for the rest of the quarter, or ne- at least the rest of the drive, he's just like avoiding pressure that isn't there and just like throwing it off of one foot, sprinting to the side. It's it's quite funny. Yeah, I, I know he started really poorly in that game. I mean, they were down 20-3 to three pretty quickly. I think mm-hmm. he really settled in in that second half. I'm very curious to see what his evaluation look like, looks like because he does have a lot of traits, um, and he's had a great year this year, so um, can't knock him too much for that. But, Ray, I kind of agree. I feel like I've settled in to this day two, second round type of, type of player. Um I'm on the clock here at 12 with the New Orleans Saints. I got them taking Roma Dunze, wide receiver from Washington. Was great last night, has been great all season. I've been really impressed with his growth this year. He's gotten more physical in contested catch situations. Um, His routes and release have gotten sharper. 
The Saints only have three guys under contract in that wide receiver room next year. Michael Thomas has been healthy this year, but he just went to IR this past week. Um, So he's been kind of a shell of himself. They need another weapon opposite Chris Olave to get this offense going. They've been really stagnant all year. I don't think they expected that when they brought in Derek Carr. Um, So if you can bring in another wide receiver, have a nice one-two punch with Olave and Rome, I think that'll get this offense moving next year. So I got them taking Rome Odunze at 12 for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a great pick. I think him and Olave complement each other really well, too. Agreed. And Taysom Hill. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Dino, you're back on the clock here at 13 with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, for the Packers, anyone who's watched them uh, this year. and uh, You. You've watched them. God knows I've watched them probably more than anyone. (laughs) Uh, Bakhtiari was a massive loss for this team and is it's not being satisfied by the likes of um the backup Rashid Walker. Once again, shout out, shout out state. state. Shout out state. Uh, you know, seventh round a sixth or seventh rounder um to the Packers a few years back. So for right here, it, it's gotta be, in my opinion, Marius Mims. Mims was almost exclusively playing right tackle in college, but his his physical traits and his skill set says left tackle to me. And it helps that he is a a very polished pass blocker. You take him, maybe maybe he's a rotational tackle to start, but definitely a future left tackle in the making. And I think could be a potential star. Yeah, he was banged up at the beginning of the year. Um, he's back and fully healthy now. So nice to see him get some tape in this conference championship and through the playoffs. I'd be very curious to see what his medical looks like and, um, would also be curious to see if he played the full year because he doesn't have a lot of starts under his belt. Um, if he would get in that Latham range as the third tackle, because I think Olu and Alt are pretty much locked to be top two. Um, but he's got a lot of physical traits. I really like Amari Smims. All right, Ray, you're back on the clock here at 14 with the LA Rams. Yeah, so the Rams, I feel like, are in a similar position as the Bucks that we talked about earlier, where they're in like a little like a crossroads, if you will, whether you want yeah. to completely reset at the quarterback position or they, I mean, they still have a lot of talent, especially at the skill position, if they want to just kind of just keep revamping and building behind Matt Stafford. Uh, for this one, I'm going to go with that that option and just build behind him and try to strengthen his defense uh, up. Just so I'm going to go with uh, Dallas Turner out of Alabama. I think getting some more youth off the edge, youth and explosion. Uh, I think pairing him with Byron Young gives them a really nice, young, uh, explosive set of uh, edge rushers for the next couple of years. Yeah, I like this pairing. Him and Byron Byron Young's been really good this year, so like getting more juice off the edge. I think they need offensive line help, too. Um, but, you know, if you didn't like a guy in this range, cannot hate on Dallas Turner. I think... Yeah, I, I mean... Think, I, I, I think, think he's my... got a... Go ahead. I, I agree with you. I just think my logic is like they just went four ta- four tackles went in the first what twelve picks. So yeah, go with edge the second edge off the board. Who is personally my edge? I think or maybe my edge one, but definitely top two edge for me. So I really do like that uh, that pick value wise. Yeah, I easily think he could be the first edge taken, especially post combine. He's going to test out like crazy. Yeah, he's gonna... um. So he's a good one. At 15, I have the Cincinnati Bengals here. Did not think they would be picking at 15. Unfortunate, no Joe Burrow. But when they do get Joe Burrow back, um, they want this offense humming again. This is my fun pick for the draft. I got them taking Keon Coleman, wide receiver from Florida State. 
Um, thought offensive line originally because their offensive line hasn't been that good this year, but um, they've paid so many guys in free agency. They've drafted a ton of guys. So let's go find T. Higgins' replacement, who is a pending free agent next year. The Bengals, I actually looked this up. I was shocked. They have $70 million in projected cap space next year. Obviously, that's going to move around a little bit. Um, but they will have to pay Jamar Chase pretty soon. Maybe you could tag T. Higgins for a year and have Coleman. Um, and then you have all three of those guys for one year. And then you move on from T. Higgins. Um, if you could swing all three of those guys, this offense is really fun, really explosive. Um, kind of makes me think of that, that Jonathan Gannon clip when he got brought into the Cardinals. And he's like, shots, explosive. So, <laughs> that's what this pick made me feel. So uh, Keon Coleman to the Cincinnati Bengals. That clip was so bad. I remember thinking he was going to be a uh, Urban Meyer one and done when I saw that. That was so fucking brutal. They're feisty. I like the Cardinals. <laughs> I do too. Right. Don't make that fucking face at me. I was making it a Dean. Guy's just so ugly. <laughs> All right, Dino, you're back on the clock here at 16 with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, my uh, for the Bills, I'm I'm going to say fuck it and take Cooper DeGene here. First corner off the board. I've said it a few times, but my record evaluating corners is probably my worst position by a lot. <laughs> I'm always just consistently wrong. I will, of course, still take my my victory lap on how right I was about uh, Deontay Banks uh, going to the G men. Who's an I don't, I don't want to cut you off too bad, but stud. I, I, Deontay Banks has, has shown some good flashes, but you're an analytics guy. The analytics are like Deontay Banks, like the worst corner in the league right now. Yeah, well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? When you need to be right, I, I could go to my eyes for once. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, called him a first rounder. Like when he was not, he was barely in anyone's day two range. So I'm just, you know, I'm just different for that. But I'm horrible at evaluating the position. That being said, when I watch Cooper DeGene, he's just an astounding. He's just an astounding football player. He. The opposing QB passer rating when thrown to him this year is just an insane 40.6 and was 49.7 last year. Both are just best marks by a wide margin in comparison to the top five prospects at the position for this year. The Bills' secondary woes have been nonstop, although they got a 28-year-old Rasul Douglas and and Benford has been awesome for a six-rounder. They could They could desperately use the depth for sure. Yeah, I feel like uh, especially with those safeties getting up in age, too, um, they play a lot of multiple looks, too. So you could kind of use him as a chess piece. Ray, what does Chris feel about taking corner in the first round? He'd probably freak the fuck out, if I <laughs> guess. I mean, I, I haven't spoken to him about it, but he also wants McDermott, McDermott uh, skinned alive, I think, was his exact words. So uh, <laughs> he's, he wouldn't be happy with this one. Bro, all. fandom does funny shit to people. Imagine wanting a coach like that skinned alive. Like yeah. all he's done Dude. is like bring them to the playoffs the last couple of years. I would fucking die for him. They were they were dead in the water like three years ago. Well, he doesn't believe in defensive minded head coaches anymore. He says it's he says it's uh, archaic. I believe was his word. Mm. That's something, good. Something you would say. I think I just made it up to be honest. <laughs> when he doesn't. <laughs> that being said, he doesn't actually like defensive minded head coaches. Yes, I, I hear you. All right, Ray, you're back on the clock here. It's 17 with the second of Arizona's two picks. Yeah, I'm going to double up on the offensive side of the ball here. I'm going to go uh, to Lise Fuaga from Oregon State, the, the tackle. Uh, we've been saying it for 
I think, again, since this podcast started, that they need to protect Kyler Murray at all costs. So I think kick Paris Johnson over to left tackle where he played his last year at college, uh, slide for Walker in the right tackle and get some those two young bookends again, which I feel like we've done a lot in this mock draft. So really protect Kyler Murray. And then they, I think they have, I want to say four day two picks. So then you can go address the defensive side of the ball on day two and really revamp that side. Like By it. the way, just want to point this out. Just getting young, talented bookends, I think just totally revamps the way an offense looks. I, I, I can't help but think about the Seahawks and how abysmal that offense was. And just then they got, you know, then they got the cross Abe Lucas in that one draft. And, and I feel like they were the biggest proponents of turning that offense around. Obviously last year was, was huge for them that they're, they're kind of coming on now, but I don't know. I feel, I feel like teams are definitely incentivized to make sure that, you know, build outside in, you know, when it comes to the offensive tackle. Look out offensive line. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm at 18 here with the Denver Broncos. I got them taking Michael Penix here. It's no secret that I love Michael Penix. Um, think he fits perfectly in this offense with what Sean Payton wants to do. Extremely smart pre-snap. It's a real point guard with the football. Um, this wide receiver room may look completely different next year. Who knows if Sutton's gone? Who knows if Judy's gone? Both of them are gone. One of them are gone. None of them are gone. Um, so we'll be interesting to see who he's actually throwing to. Um, he may have to sit behind Russ for a year because that contract is not going anywhere in 2024. Um, 2025 is really the first time they can get off of it. It'd be like a post um, June one cut. And I think they could save like 30 million in cap space in 2025. They have an out in 26. Um, that contract's awful. They've been playing a lot better football over the past month. Um, so curious to see what they do at the quarterback position, but I do think Sean Payton wants to bring in his guy. So I got them taking Michael Penix here at 18. I like that for them. I, I just love the idea of sitting a quarterback for a couple of years too. I know I've been saying that a lot lately, but I feel like playing these young quarterbacks early is just a recipe for disaster. All right. At 19, Dean, you're back on the clock here with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I just want to address what Ray said. I, it feels like that's a lost art. Uh, all these young guys just go in and play almost immediately. And I feel like we don't really fully understand the gravity of maybe some of these guys losing uh, a ton of potential, a ton of confidence that they could have had if they just sat a little bit longer. So I definitely agree, agree with what Ray. Um, for for the Falcons, I was praying that this was panics. But uh, Jared Verse will, will certainly do. Uh, I mean, sliding to 19 seems a bit far. I, I know this this draft is just stacked, and you know, but but these edge rushers, these top two, are are no joke for sure. Uh, Falcons are bottom five in sack percentage, and and Jared Verse, you know, gets after the quarterback like an absolute madman. In the past two years, versus over 50 hurries and 15 sacks um, against you know some. Pretty stout competition almost across the board. So, uh, Jared Verse, he he single handedly made Max Brown's life of a living hell against Florida the other week. He legitimately <laughs> he was just murdering the left tackle. It was actually like a kid, a, an adult playing against a kid. It was wild. I do want to I do want to add for, for Verse. I, I I feel like I was expecting a, a bit stronger of a season considering he abandoned being a 
a pretty sure first rounder last year. We thought he would just like come on again this year and just destroy and then be like a locked in top 10 pick. I feel like he hasn't done that, but during the, you know, during like the off season draft process, he's going to definitely start rising again. Yeah. Um, it's tough. Cause I mean, he had such a good year last year mm-hmm. that I think he's still having a really good year this year. I almost feel like it's like that Chris Olave stuff where people have seen it before he's done it before. And they kind of just not bored by it, but like the consistency factor, people are looking for the next shiny new thing. And he's just kind of been around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be a great pro once he gets in, but I do agree. I feel like people have been softening on him a bit um, where I still feel like he could easily be a top 15 pick in, in this upcoming draft. All right, Ray, you're uh, you're on the clock here with our 20th pick with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, this was one of the tougher ones for me. I was trying to find a, uh, for like a prospect to just need fit, but I'm kind of going to go reinvest in one of the strength of this defensive line. I'm going to go Chop Robinson. Uh, we all know Indy loves guys with tools, and Chop is going to dominate the combine. His get-off is insane. I think pairing him with Quiddy Pay and Samson Ebukam, uh, DeForest Buckner, Adetimo Adabuare, I think it just gives them a lot of explosive athletes on that defensive line. That's going to make uh, the opposing quarterback's life a living hell. Yeah, I love this pick for them. Um their D line is already pretty good, but just add to his strength. Um, in the same in the same vein as what we were talking about, Jared Verse, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how teams have these edge edges ranked because I feel like you can make a case for Latu, for Dallas Turner, for Verse, and for Chop with all of his tools. It's gonna be really interesting to see where they all fall. I think the other day we were talking about prospects who have like the highest variance of getting drafted. I think Chop Robinson's got to be on that list. So like, I feel like he can go anywhere just because. That get off is so rare that I feel like teams covet it, but there are like a little bit of um not holes, but I guess he needs to develop still with like strict play strength and just like hand usage and all that stuff. Hundred uh, percent. I'm gonna read out the last ten picks and then we'll keep it moving. Vegas, who was at eleven, took quarterback JJ McCarthy. Twelve, the New Orleans Saints took wide receiver Rome Adunze. At thirteen, the Green Bay Packers took offensive tackle from Georgia, Marius Mims. 14 was the L.A. Rams. They took edge Dallas Turner. At 15, the Cincinnati Bengals took wide receiver Keon Coleman. At 16, the Buffalo Bills took corner from Iowa Cooper DeGene. At 17, with their second pick, the Arizona Cardinals took Talise Fuaga from Oregon State. 18 was the Denver Broncos to quarterback Michael Penix. 19 was the Atlanta Falcons took edge from Florida State Jared Verse. And then Indianapolis at 20 took Chop Robinson out of Penn State. I am on the clock here at 21 with the Minnesota Vikings. I got them taking Kool-Aid McKinstry cornerback from Alabama. The secondary has improved um, from arguably one of the worst pass defenses to kind of middle of the pack this year, especially over the last month and a half. They've been playing some good ball, but I still think they need another guy in this room. They need a number one in this cornerback room. They brought in Byron Murphy last year. Um, He's played okay, but I still think they need They need another guy. Um, he's been as steady as he was last year, and I think he could be a shutdown corner for this team. I also think he could play in multiple schemes, which Brian Flores loves to do, which is a plus. So Kool-Aid McKinstry here at 21 for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I really do love that fit. I, and like you said, I think he really, I think Brian Flores' defense in particular, I feel like that's perfect for him. 
All right. All right, Dino, you are on the clock here at 22 with the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, we saw this cat last night in the Pac-12 championship. Definitely stood out, made some big-time plays, uh, definitely disrupted that that running game a bit and and also Bo Nix in the, in the pocket. Like I said, actually, I'm pretty sure one of the first pressures that Bo Nix kind of got off of, you know, his mechanics for was was caused by Braylon Trice. Uh, so that's where I'm going to go here uh, with the Seahawks is Braylon Trice uh, out of Washington. He's edge rusher. Uh, Pete put to, Pete Carroll put together what what I thought was definitely a, a, a really solid young edge committee, but too many guys have definitely disappointed. I'll say this: Dar- Darrell Taylor, uh, at a, I, th- I believe second or third rounder out of Tennessee, two years or three years back, uh, has definitely started to come on. He he played amazing against the the Cowboys. He was all over Dak, but I, I really thought this young edge committee would would be doing a whole lot better. They also added, you know, Draymond Jones, and he's been solid. It's just they're just not getting enough pressure. So, so I, I really think adding some star power might fully unlock this unit. And Trice is just a very violent pass rusher and has an abs an excellent motor. I mean, he just does not stop. He he plays his fiftieth snap like he plays his first snap, and I love to see that. Yeah, interesting for a team who's drafted really well over the past few years. Feel like. They don't have too many holes, um, so you can kind of load up on positions. Um, a guy Ray and I really liked uh, two years ago, Boy Mafes, had a good year. Um, they definitely are missing Uchenna Nwosu, who's uh, out for the year. What He had, he had like a pec injury, right? Some, I, I believe a bicep it was something, injury or something, something weird. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Um, they're definitely missing him, so like bringing in Trice um, as a young piece. He's going to be an interesting evaluation too, kind of like that power edge um teams might be looking for a little bit more speed i'm very curious to see what he runs at the combine all right ray you're on the clock here at 23 for the pittsburgh steelers how the fuck are the pittsburgh steelers in the playoffs right now this team sucks mike tomlin it's crazy (laughs) um they just fired matt canada their offense looked a little bit better but they they just gotta get back to their identity uh that project jones pick was really good uh, they run the ball really well with him on the field, obviously. So I'm going to go back to that offensive line and go with Jordan Morgan, the tackle out of Arizona. I personally think he can stay at tackle. I think putting him at left tackle would be smart. I know a lot of people think that he may have to kick into guard eventually, but I think he's got the size and the length. I love his hand usage, and he's got an absolute dump truck on him. That lower body of his is insane. <laughs> uh, he can anchor with the best of them. So I really do think he's going to be a good player, I think. Uh, for this Pittsburgh offense to really get back to their old ways, they got to uh, solidify that offensive front. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a player that you really liked over summer, too. Um, it was a guy that I was a little lower on, but I think I'm starting to come around. He's got great feet. Um, so I like this pick. This is another area. Even though they took Broderick Jones last year, I think they could definitely still upgrade this offensive line. Um, I'm on the clock here at 24 with the Houston Texans via the Cleveland Browns. Um, I got them taking Chris Braswell, who is Dallas Turner's running mate on that on that defensive line for Alabama. This is a guy who shot up my board over the last few months. He's got a 17% pass rush win rate opposite Dallas Turner. He's only got one less pressure than Dallas Turner. Um, he gets after the quarterback with long arms and with speed. I think you could pair him opposite his former teammate, Will Anderson. 
Uh, you got the D'Amico Ryan's connection over at Alabama. I think this is just another young piece that they need to add to this really young and growing defense. Yeah, he's someone who popped for me in the offseason when I was watching uh, Dallas Turner, and his explosiveness is insane. I think he's a former five-star too, so really good to see him coming out and having a breakout season. I think this is his fifth year, so I'd love to see that. And if he can sneak his way into the first, that'd be really impressive. Yeah, he was actually a higher recruit than than Will Anderson was. So uh, just talk about the, the pedigree of a, of a player like that. So like that one there. Dino, you are on the clock here at 25 with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. This team is absolutely stacked, so I definitely wanted to see what was really kind of a, a position that we could load up on a little bit more. Maybe, maybe is maybe is not very not you know needs more youth. I would I guess you would say, and and I would definitely say the offensive line for that. And for that reason, I took Graham Barton at a Duke uh, tackle. So, you know, Teron Armstead, he's been struggling with injuries a little bit off and on. He's been playing through most of them, but he's about to about to be 33. He's been great still, but get his air apparent and and keep Tua safe. We we see that if you keep Tua safe and he's avoiding injuries and he's not getting absolutely destroyed, that I mean this offense just hums like crazy. Yeah, I really like Graham Barton. I know Ray does as well. This team has a lot of pending free agents, too. Connor Williams, free agent. Robert Hunt's a free agent. Isaiah Wynn is a free agent next year. Um, Don't know if he's going to be playing tackle. Think his home is probably at at guard, especially the way this roster is constructed for next year. Um, But like his versatility to play one through five on, uh, on that offensive line. Yeah, big Graham Barton fan. I, I think Sauce said it perfectly. We've we can talk about it all day long, but in today's NFL, offensive line versatility and just being able to play multiple positions is massive. So, yep. All right, Ray, you're on the clock here at 26 with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so I feel like for years I've been wanting the Cowboys to get CD a running mate. Uh, he's I think CD's a top three wide receiver in the game right now. So what about Michael Gallup? I mean, Michael Gallup has not <laughs> developed into what we thought he would. Brandon Cooks is good, but he's aging. I'm going to go with someone who can stretch the field a little bit more, has some size. I'm going to go Troy Franklin out of Oregon. He was my wide receiver two in the offseason. I don't know if he's going to be that high right now just because of how well everyone else around him has been playing. But this guy is legit 6'3", uh, height, and he's got just take the top off the defense speed, which I think is something that Dallas could really use to help uh, round out this offense. So Troy Franklin here at 26. Yeah, really good fit here um, next to C.D. Lamb, too, especially when you have C.D. playing in the slot so much. Like, this fit a lot. That'd be sick to see, honestly. Um, I'm on the clock here at 27 with the Detroit Lions. Shout-out Detroit, man. What a a season it's been. Shout-out Dan Campbell. Love that guy. Um, I got them taking Nate Wiggins here, corner from Clemson. Um, This is a guy I can honestly see being cornerback one, when it's all said and done, when the draft comes out, Wiggins, he's athletic, he's long, smooth mover. This defense for Detroit has improved, but they're still top five in pass touchdowns allowed. Um, Emmanuel Mosley got injured this year. He has a void year next year. He's most likely gone. So bringing another guy opposite, um, why can't I not think of his name, of uh, Sutton. And then uh, you have Brian Branch playing in the slot. I think they can revamp this defense for next year and just, Keep this train moving for Detroit. Yeah, I really like that pick. Uh, long, rangy cornerback that they 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 need, they need to revamp that secondary. I think they had a, a few band aids in the offseason last year, but 
they need someone long term that's going to be there. Agreed. Twenty eight is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dino, you are on the clock here. Yeah, uh, for, for the Jags, I'm just going to get right into it. I'm going to be taking Terry on Arnold from Alabama corner. Yeah, this is an absolute steal. He's he is the best Bama corner in this draft. Ooh, for sure. but his name isn't isn't as cool. Uh, I'll put it that way. Having the best season out of all of the 2024 corner prospects, for sure. It's not even arguable. Uh, Jags desperately need a corner opposite Tyson Campbell. They have zero depth at all at the position as well, and and are bottom 10 in the league in pass defenses. So this is an absolute no-brainer. Get a corner, and Terry Arnold will not be here at 28 after it's all said and done, in my opinion. He's my he's, – he's my – this year's Tay Tay Banks. Nice. Um, yeah, he's a guy that I've been fascinated by over the past few months, just um, trying to dive into some tape. He's actually been targeted almost twice as much as Kool-Aid this year, and he's really held up. Um, so curious when I dive more into the tape, what it looks like. Obviously, they have a great front getting after quarterback, so definitely helps out he and Kool-Aid. Um but like you said, he's he's been outstanding this year, so I think he is well-deserving of a first-round pick. I actually wanted him uh, a few picks later, so like that for Jacksonville. Ray, you're on the clock here at 29 with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going back to the wide receiver pool. Uh, I think this this offense has been missing some field-stretching ability as well, so I'm going to go uh, Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU. Uh, 6'4", 205 he's fast as shit he's really had a breakout year he's got 732 yards and 11 touchdowns so i think this kansas city offense needs another pass catcher who puts fear in the defensive's uh mind so i'm gonna go with him and i think i think troy franklin would be a better fit but since he's gone i think brian thomas is not a bad consolation prize at all there are so many wide receivers that are still available too Mm -hmm. that i would love in this spot but i do like brian thomas I mean, this is another position group that's going to be so interesting to see where these guys stack up when it's all said and done. Yeah, it's it's going to be because it, they're all different flavors too. You know what I mean? So it's just, I, I wonder how many what the lines going to be for first round wide receivers. I think it may be seven and a half. That's crazy. I know, but I but I can see it because I'm reading off. I mean, I'm about to get another wide receiver in this draft, but there's four other guys that I could see just off the top of my head that could go in the first round too when it's all said and done. So seven and a half might not be a, a crazy line. If that line comes out early and it's like six and a half might have to hammer it. If it's five and a half, I'm putting my life on it. Oh, if it's five and a half, I'm, I'm putting Ozzy up for board. Jeez. That's, that's right. Um, I'm on the clock here at 30 with the San Francisco 49ers. I got them taking another wide receiver here. I got them taking Xavier Leggett. From South Carolina, physical receiver with speed who's really come on this year. Could be an absolute matchup nightmare in this offense with all these weapons around him. I thought corner here, um, I really want to tear on Arnold. think he'd be a great fit in their defense. Um, but just go get another offensive weapon where, honestly, they're a little limited next year um, outside of Debo and Ayuk in this wide receiver room. So go get a guy with traits who they really don't have in this offense, 6'3", 227. Um, so just get this offense more explosive than it already is. So Xavier will get here at 30% for him. All right, Dino, at 31, you have the Baltimore Ravens on the clock. 
Yeah, for the Ravens, this this one was tough. This is not a team with many holes at all, obviously. One of the most well-rounded, just 53 in football. Uh, I, I put them right there, obviously, with San Fran. I think they're 1-2. Philly, obviously, as well. And it's no surprise they're at, they're at the bottom three in this mock draft because they are, they just con- continuously, continuously win because they don't have many holes. And um, – because of that, this is going to be more like a, you know, more like a luxury pick. And and for me, I, I think at this point, I think he's a guaranteed first rounder and I can't see him falling out. I think they got to go Troy Fatanu, uh, the tackle from Washington. Ray already Ray's already laughing. He he doesn't he doesn't think he doesn't agree. But I, I think so. And well, I just I just think you can't read. Why can't I read? Just, just not how you pronounce his name. It's fine. Keep going. I'm sorry. I don't like doing <laughs> Oh, whatever. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Everyone's name is all freaking crazy nowadays. I can't do it. We got to go back to when everyone's name was just like Chad, John Johnson. You know what I mean? But anyway, I'm going to go tackle out of Washington. This is still an offense that wants to run the ball first. And Troy Fatano is, again, is that wrong? Can you help me out, Ray? Thought now. Thought now? Yeah. Fuck out of here. Fatano, I'm definitely sticking with that. There is no way you say his name. But anyway, I'm going to go with Troy F here. <laughs> <laughs> I like just Troy F. I like yeah, that. Yeah, good. Troy F. <laughs> I didn't know why you were laughing at me. I was going to say. I Troy F could also be Troy good. Franklin, though. I, I think Troy <laughs> definitely deserves first-round consideration for sure. And this will probably be around the range that he goes, in my opinion, he played amazing last night as well against Oregon. And that, that is one of the most stout defenses with, you know, getting better and better throughout the season. So they really held them up, but for, for, for this offense for Baltimore, they still want to run first. And Troy is one of the best tackles in this draft at just doing damage, getting to the second level. And for that reason, uh, I think they add him to a, a an aging O-line for sure. I know Ronnie is still fairly young, I think like 27, 28, but Morgan Moses and Kevin Zeitler on that right side are, are old as shit. They're like both like 33, 34. So may, maybe, Troy, maybe Troy F. can uh, can get some versatility, get out there to the right side. Yeah, I think um, especially last <laughs> night, I I I think he played really well. I do think um, he has some physical limitations, like with his play strength. I think you saw Dorless get get under him a couple times last night. So I do think a lot of people are projecting him to kick inside it to guard um, this team. The, the Ravens are really interesting. They have a lot of these guys locked up. I know, like you said, a lot of them are older. Um, so this could be a good spot for them to attack. I think they need defensive line help too really bad. Um, but this is a well-rounded 53, like you said. So um, cannot hate taking offensive line. All right, Ray, round us out here at pick 32 with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, I mean, we're talking about stacked teams. This is this is the stacked of the stacked. I mean, let's be yeah. real. Not many holes here, but we know the Eagles, they go big boys in the first round. So I'm going to go JT Tui Molowau, uh, the edge <laughs> from Ohio State. I just think with Brandon Graham being a pending free agent, they need someone with a little bit more power to hold up as at the strong side edge uh, on early downs in particular. So I think JT fits that mold pretty early, and he'll he'll be able to jump in 
and uh, join that ro- that deep ass rotation and just really be able to impact the game. This is a fun pick because J- JT could definitely play as a chess piece too. I could see him like gravitating off the ball, off ball at times. Definitely, definitely a, a pick I could see them making. That would just be unreal. Just going edge again. It's just so crazy. Fact but they man. would, they would, they would, it would, it would happen. And it would just be a, 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 it would be like best player available by a lot. And then they come in and be a stud. Yeah. I also like this fit more too than if he falls to the second round and he's with a team that's not as stacked on that defensive line. And he's has a lot of pressure to be like a number one defensive lineman, which I don't project him as if you get him on this Philly D line where he catches one-on-ones and they have other guys to just free up space, especially on the interior with, with Carter and with with Jordan Davis. I like that fit. Um, If he falls to the second round, I feel like um, it could be a tough start for him getting used to the NFL. I agree. Nice. All right, fellas, let's run through this mock draft. We'll talk about some guys who, didn't make it. We'll talk about some guys who are in our first mock draft um, who aren't in this one. And then maybe we'll give uh, some favorite picks, not so favorite picks. All right. All right. So let's run through it. At one, the Chicago Bears took quarterback Caleb Williams. Two was the Arizona Cardinals taking wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. At three, the New England Patriots took quarterback Drake May. Four, the Chicago Bears with the second of their took two picks, took offensive tackle Joe Alt. Five was the Washington Commanders, took offensive tackle from Penn State, Olu Fushanu. Six, the New York Giants took wide receiver Malik Neighbors from LSU. Seven was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They took Leatu Latu, the edge from UCLA. First edge off the board. Eight was the New York Jets taking J.C. Latham, offensive tackle. Nine was the L.A. Chargers taking interior defensive lineman Johnny Newton. Ten was the Tennessee Titans taking tight end one Brock Bowers from Georgia. Eleven was the Las Vegas Raiders getting their quarterback of the future. J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, 12. The New Orleans Saints took wide receiver Roma Dunze. 13 was the Green Bay Packers taking offensive tackle Amarius Mims from Georgia. 14 was the L.A. Rams taking edge Dallas Turner. 15 was the Cincinnati Bengals taking wide receiver Keon Coleman. 16, the Buffalo Bills took cornerback Cooper DeGene out of Iowa. 17, the Arizona Cardinals with the second of their two picks took Talize Fuaga offensive tackle from Oregon State. 18 was the Denver Broncos taking quarterback Michael Penix. 19, the Atlanta Falcons took Jared Verse, edge from Florida State. 20 was the Indianapolis Colts taking Chop Robinson, the edge out of Penn State. 21, the Minnesota Vikings took Kool-Aid McKinstry, the cornerback from Alabama. 22, the Seattle Seahawks took Braylon Trice, edge from Washington. 23 was the Pittsburgh Steelers took offensive tackle from Arizona, Jordan Morgan. 24 was the Houston Texans took edge Chris Braswell from Alabama. 25, the Miami Dolphins took Graham Barton, offensive tackle from Duke. 26 was the Dallas Cowboys, took wide receiver Troy Franklin out of Oregon. 27, the Detroit Lions took Nate Wiggins, cornerback from Clemson. 28 was the Jacksonville Jaguars, took cornerback from Alabama, Terrion Arnold. 29 was the Kansas City Chiefs, taking Brian Thomas, wide receiver from LSU. 30 was the San Francisco 49ers, took wide receiver Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina. 31 was the Baltimore Ravens taking offensive tackle Troy Fontenau from Washington. And then 32 was the Philadelphia Eagles taking JT Tuimolo from Ohio State, the edge. All right, fellas. Um, 
couple guys that didn't make our list or who made our first mock draft. Um, we actually had a bunch. Xavier Worthy didn't make this mock. Emeka Abuka, who I think a lot of people slated in prior to the season as wide receiver two. Um, but like we mentioned, with all the good wide receiver play this year, it's going to be interesting to see where he fits. Bo Nix, who played last night, and uh, maybe we're souring on a little bit. Uh, Kalen King, the corner from Penn State. JT Sanders the tight end from Texas and A.D. Mitchell, the wide receiver from Texas. Uh, who in your mind has the best shot at being a first rounder out of those guys we just mentioned? Ooh, oh, that's a good question. I'm going to go Emeka, uh, bias a little bit, but I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Emeka goes back to school, though. So uh, I'm going to go with either one of the receivers. Let's Interesting. Emeka or, or Worthy, just because Worthy's speed. What about you, Dino? You're on mute. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with Ray. Instantaneously, I thought of Mecca. Uh, I don't really see a, a world where he drops out of the first. Uh, but after that, call me crazy. I think Bo Nix. Mm. I'm not going to call you crazy, but Are you gonna call be very you interesting. I also thought one of the wide receivers, I actually think it's A.D. Mitchell. Uh, I think with just his size profile and his speed, um, I think you could flip flop him with Leggett with Brian Thomas in this mock too. So, uh, but I also agree. I think it's one of the wide receivers. Anybody else that we didn't ma- make this mock draft that you, you kind of wanted to get in? Oh, bro. Jonah Ellis, Utah edge guys, an absolute beast having, top three year out of all edges in 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 the country and i dare you to name me three better right um i think we drafted about five better already but... <laughs> no 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 but who, no oh my gosh but who of them have had a better year than jonah jonah alice um latu latu that's uh, it dallas turner maybe um i mean numbers wise trice but no Trice has not had a better year, dude. Jonah Ellis has come on like a freaking bat out of hell, and he's gonna he's gonna test well. That and the people are gonna love this kid. This kid is a, a a humble kid, and he's gonna I guarantee interviews great. He's gonna be he he definitely has potential to be back end of the first, and I would love to see it. Right. What about you? Anybody that missed out that you wanted to get in? Um, I could see Leonard Taylor sneaking in just because of that pedigree. Uh, he has the tools that I feel like teams really covet, and just with the lack of interior defensive linemen, I think he's someone that could help fill a need immediately. And with interior pass rush, I feel like getting more important as the years go by. I could see him sneaking in. Yeah, he and Mason Smith are going to be fascinating in this uh, in this draft process. Yeah, I wonder if they come out to be honest with you, especially Mason. Yeah, he was banged up this year too, wasn't he? I think so. Interesting. Uh, a guy I was thinking of was uh, Kamari Lasseter, the cornerback from from Georgia. A um, little small on the smaller side. He's like 180, but really good mover, having an awesome year for Georgia. So uh, could also see him being a, a first-round corner. Yeah, I like that too. All right, anybody want to give a – oh, go ahead, Ray. I was going to say, even Tyler Newbin too. He's another mm. one, another safety, just because of the lack of uh, premier talent. But he's he's someone who's played a lot of football. I feel like he'll start right away. Yeah. Uh, anybody want to give favorite picks, least favorite picks? Yeah, I'm not, I'll never shy You're away never from shy. Shitting, on, <laughs> shitting on you guys. Uh, 
So favorite pick, I guess I'll go Kool-Aid. I really love Kool-Aid McKinstry. And then for Dean, I'll say Brock Bowers. And then least favorite pick, I'll go uh, Leatu Latu for Dean. I just think Tampa Bay reinvesting in that um, that defensive line is a little redundant. And then for Sauce, I'll go with uh, Xavier Leggett from San Francisco. I feel like that's just like a, another Debo type player. I feel like they can go somewhere else first. You're right, right, because you know investing over and over again into that D line definitely didn't work out for Philly. Good job, you dunce. <laughs> Idiot. Dean, what about you? Uh, I hate it, but my best pick is definitely um, for Ray, uh, J.J. McCarthy to the Raiders. Love that. My favorite pick for Sauce, hmm, I want to get a good one. I like Braswell. I thought that was, I thought that was, I thought that was fun. I like fun. I really like Nate Wiggins too. Let me do a, uh, I'll do Nate Wiggins for Detroit. I could so see him in Detroit, and, and they've definitely had some some problems at the position. Um, a well-rounded team. Definitely seems like a, a, a guy who can add a – Well, everybody you know, knows I scout the corners defense. well, and you guys you, both you, pick the corners. <laughs> you do, you do, you do, you do. But uh, uh, my least favorite pick, I mean, every other pick Ray made, I fucking hate. Oh, no, Ray Sauce is – my favorite pick from you is Jimmy Newton, nine to the Chargers. We all know that. Uh, my my – most hated pick for Ray is well for Sauce is Malik Na- Neighbors. Uh, I think that's too soon. Number six to the G men. I feel like they could definitely address some other things. I, I would definitely go a line there, like all day long. JC Latham. Uh, I feel like you're putting some disrespect on the. He's right now the you know the NFC Rookie Player of the Week uh, in Jalen Hyde. He's going to be coming on. Uh, no big deal. Um, so I would say that they, I mean, they still need wide receiver help, of course, but they need to address that old line first. And then my least favorite pick from Ray, like I said, all of them, but, um, take your time. Fuck. I don't, we got nothing to do, bro. Take your time. You're good. I don't don't fucking dislike any of them. It sucks. Oh, J JT to a Malawo JT. I can't freaking pronounce words. Fuck, I got okay. this. Um, nice. Um, for you guys, favorite picks. Um, for Ray, it's Dallas Turner. I love that fit opposite of Byron Young. I think that's really fun. Um, think you get a couple more years out of out of Aaron Donald. Um, that D line could be really good for Dean. Um, I really love Jared Verse in Atlanta. That that D line is is aging. Um, they play in a weird front too. I think you could stand him up or play him as a down lineman. Um, so like that least favorite picks for Dean, um, Braylon Trice. I do think they could upgrade this D line, but I think you might be able to wait on a guy like that. Um, I feel like 22 might be a little high for Trice at the moment. I would have loved, um, for them to maybe take Grant Barton. I think that would have been really nice. I think they need an upgrade in that interior offensive line. And then for Ray, not that I hate it, um, but I like a fit of either Xavier Worthy or A.D. Mitchell better than Brian Thomas in Kansas City. Um, I think the speed of Worthy is really interesting, but because they have a lot of smaller receivers, if they wanted to go the bigger receiver route, I think I like A.D. Mitchell over Brian Thomas. Um, 
but do think the wide receiver is the position they need to attack. I like it. All right, boys. Criticism always makes makes everyone better. It always does, except Dean. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no making that guy better. Let's be real. (laughs) He's maxed out. You guys suck. All right, boys. Hey, well, enjoy your championship Saturdays. Ray, good luck. You need like 187 things to happen. But <laughs> we're, three. We're, we're, pulling, we're pulling for you. But then you also need the committee to side with you. So <laughs> I don't think I don't know who they decided with over us, but three, let's go. Three. Okay. Good stuff. All right. That's gonna wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our mock 2.0. Stay locked in with us. We have more mocks coming up. We got big boards, position rankings, team rebuilds all leading up to the 2024 NFL draft. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two and stick with us. We continue this 2024 NFL draft process. Fellas, appreciate you.